SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Everyone's talking Utah. Everyone's talking Phoenix. Everyone's talking LA Lakers. You got the Nuggets without Jamal Murray getting some limelight. You got Dallas for lesser reasons because they're so disappointing this year. The Clippers are kind of just like there. So, but they're playing pretty good ball. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Monday, May 17th. Tax day for yours truly, as a matter of fact. Uh, yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well on an Opposite Picks Monday. Well, how's that 16-1 to 1 Suns ticket doing for you? Curry's number one. Lakers are number seven. Uh, let's play the play-in games. A who's who of nobody's in the Hall of Fame. Extra time in the NHL. Good for one is not apparently good for the other. Mr. Vegas, yours truly owns the WNBA again. Uh, Clippers lose to who this weekend? Funny, but unplayable, unfortunately. Uh, dumb question, bro. What happens in the dugout stays in the dugout? out and our trout drought continues we'll get to all those stories plus your phone calls emails and tweets again right here on a monday may 17th what's up lls how are you on this uh, monday morning four minutes past the hour so you're truly scott wetzel taking you right up until 7 a.m eastern time as we always do monday through friday and yeah uh, before anything, I got to get to my taxes. It is a big tax day. I know it's supposed to be April 14th or 15th, whatever day it is, but the extension was granted. I had the COVID and everything else, and I finally got to get it all done today. Dread it. Not, not an easy process going to the account for sure. Uh, the numbers are adding up, though, when the NBA, finally the regular season is over. All the playoff scenarios, who's getting to play in, who's not getting to play in, and it was all figured out over the weekend. Some interesting matchups were uh, had come about. Include, I tell you, you know, it's funny we uh, we chose that opening because uh, there's no more disappointing team this weekend in the NBA than the L.A. Clippers. Boy, what a joke. You know, you want to consider yourself a championship team like they do. You know, it's one thing if you're Indiana or Washington or Atlanta, the Knicks. You know, you want to go down to Portland or, uh, you know, even Dallas, Memphis, certainly San Antonio. If you want to avoid a first-round matchup with somebody, I get it. I understand it. But when you're the L.A. Clippers and you're supposed to be championship-worthy, boy, what they did this weekend is an absolute joke. What, what an absolute joke. Uh, trying to avoid any possibility whatsoever of facing the L.A. Lakers in the first round they lost to the god-awful biggest waste of human flesh and basketball uniforms, Houston Rockets, a couple of days ago. 
And then they followed that up with the loss to the second biggest waste of human flesh in basketball uniforms, OKC Thunder last night. Thunder's third win since the All-Star break. Their third in about 30 games. Wow. All to avoid the Lakers in the first round. What a joke. As we welcome in our full audience on this uh, Monday morning, just getting underway, six minutes past the hour, just taking a look at the, the NBA postseason. So the Clippers this weekend, Friday night, it was Houston and then OKC yesterday. And as it turned out, as I was pointing out, you know, in Friday's show and in the Sunday show, yesterday's show, the chances of the Lakers getting the number six seed, um, you know, was very slim. I mean, you know, the chances of Portland losing at home to Denver, which had locked up the number three seed, uh, it, it, you know, to me wasn't going to happen. So the Clippers, although in the end, you know, the, the Jam Blazers did win. You know, Denver sat everybody. They're, they're so banged up. They weren't beating Portland. All the Clippers needed to do was beat OKC, and they would have gotten that number three slot and then faced the sixth team, which could have been the Lakers, but then that would have meant Portland beating Denver. And like I said, you know, they were a 12-point favorite yesterday. That that wasn't happening. Denver was resting everybody because of all their injuries. So, you know, Michael Porter Jr. and everything else. And obviously we know about uh, Jamal Murray. So, I mean, I mean the, the chances of the Clippers jumping into the number three slot were, were, spinning, were, were, were there. I mean, it was right there. And the chances for the Lakers to get to number six, you know, unless something crazy really happened, it wasn't going to be. They were going to be stuck in a number seven slot. So there really should have been no concern whatsoever for the Clippers to get to number three if that's really what they wanted to avoid doing. And they lost to Houston and OKC anyway just to take any chance out of the equation. That's pathetic. I mean, the NBA this year, really, I, I don't know. Now, I'm not much of an Adam Silver fan. I know people seem to like him. Boy, he, you talk about an invisible commissioner. We see Goodell all the time. We hear about Manfred all the time. We even got goofy Gary Bettman all the time. Nobody hears anything about uh, Adam Silver. I mean, was he even at the All-Star or the, uh, the, the Basketball Hall of Fame ceremonies? I mean, he never says a peep. These teams are sitting players left and right. I mean, chances to get better seasonings and they're not even playing their star players. Clippers tanking. I mean, just absolutely tanking two games like that to avoid getting a higher seed. I mean, it makes no sense what the NBA is doing these days. But that's the NBA. I mean, it's it's sad, and there's the commissioner not doing a damn thing about it. But we'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll run down all the seeds. The lines are out for the game. We'll update the NBA championship lines and everything else all on a Monday. Just getting underway. Opposite Fix on Sportsman Radio. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Poku has been handling the point. He's going to keep it himself. Straight away three, and he knocks it down. He'll go at Patterson, or he's going to take the shot. Nope, he'll drive left, stops, pulls up, off the glass. No, Moses Brown comes in and shuts the door. Wow. You just got to love that. My goodness. I mean, what he has been able to do tonight, along with Josh Hall and Pokashevsky, has been impressive, folks. And what a way to end the 2020-21 season. 
You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, what a way indeed. Uh, that, that might be the first time we've played an OKC highlight. <laughs> haven't too, haven't been too many. I mean, literally, that is their third win since the All-Star break. And, you know, and if you're a Thunder fan, I understand why I don't like it, but I understand why teams might, you know, lose on purpose to avoid first-round matchups. Again, I don't like it, and I don't buy into it and to me for specific teams like the LA Clippers it really makes no sense whatsoever but I get the premise I do but when you're the OKC Thunder and you know you win a basketball game that has absolutely no meaning whatsoever you are no better no worse you know finishing with 21 wins versus 22 wins you are literally now 3-24 and 24 to close out the season. And three wins since the All-Star break. What are you doing? Why do I say that? Because, you know, in the world of ping pong balls, the OKC Thunder have moved now from the uh, third worst team in the NBA to the fourth worst team tied with the Cadavers in the NBA. That's big. Rockets finished with the worst record, 17 and 55, so they get the most ping pong balls. Detroit did the right thing. They tanked. They lost to uh, Miami yesterday. They wanted no part of winning, getting a 21st win, which would have moved them into a tie with uh, Orlando and then presumably OKC. So they said, no, 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 no. We, we, we've been god awful for how long? You think we're going to finish up with a victory uh, you know, against Miami? We, we lost nine of our last 10? No, 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 no. So they lose. So they finish at 20 and 52. They have the second worst record. They get the second most ping pong balls. And then there's now Orlando sitting all by itself at 21 and 51 saying, you dopes. You know, we lost to Philadelphia. We lost in fine fashion. We think we're going to win in the last game of the regular season. No, not a chance. So they have the third worst record getting the third most ping pong balls. And then there's now OKC, a team that has 22 wins, which is tied with Cleveland. Now, is it that big a deal, third versus fourth? You know, not not that much uh, because, remember, they changed the rules. It used to be the top three teams, but now it's the top four teams. So, theoretically, they could go as low as eight. You know, you could have teams, um, you know, five through whatever that, you know, uh, pull off the upset and get the ping-pong combinations going one, two, three, four, and then the next four go in order. So theoretically, they could go as low as eight, but they could have made sure that they could have gone as low as six. And you got the more ping pong balls, you know, and all you have to do is lose. Just just lose, you know, and then listen, you never know. The more ping pong balls at this point, the better off you are, right? What are you doing winning a basketball game? I mean, you've won three games, two games heading into yesterday since the All-Star break. And again, if you're the Clippers, I mean, my goodness. How embarrassing is the NBA? Really, just, you know, you wonder why people are tuned off on the NBA. You got a chance. All you need to do is win the game. Win against either Houston or OKC, and you get the number three slot. And instead, they lose on purpose, clearly. They sat all their star players. They lose the god-awful OKC, and they drop into the fourth slot. And they host Dallas in the first round versus Portland in the first round. But the presumption is they wanted to make sure they didn't face the Lakers in the first round. But as one of the Lakers uh, scrubs said, and as I said yesterday, he must be listening to our show you know, if 
Wouldn't you want to face the Lakers early on? Chances are very good somewhere along the line you're going to have to face the Lakers in order to advance to the NBA Finals if you're in the Western Conference, right? I mean, it's it's more than likely going to happen. They'll probably beat Golden State to finish into the seventh spot. Maybe not. You know, maybe Steph goes off. I will say, you know, if that occurs, or even if it doesn't, you know, the Lakers getting the seventh or eighth seed, you know, if there was a chance for, uh, you know, the Clippers to get into the number two spot, maybe, but uh, – you know, it, it was pretty much a certainty that the Lakers were going to get into that seventh spot. So, but can you imagine the Utah Jazz? You got the best record in the NBA at 52 and 20, home court advantage yet throughout the postseason, and your reward might be facing LeBron James and the LA Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, how goofy is that? And it's not that, you know, a, 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 such a far fetched uh, opportunity. Lakers and Warriors meet. Uh, winner gets in as the number seven seed. The loser then faces the winner of Memphis and San Antonio. Winner of that game gets the eight seed and will face Utah in the first round. So the LeBron and, and your reward Utah Jazz kind of not necessarily season out of the blue, but a very good season. <clears throat> and your reward might be the LA Lakers. Or if you're the Phoenix Suns, same thing. You know, 51 and 21, terrific record. Again, I don't understand, you know, the Phoenix Suns, a chance to be the number one seed yesterday, and they sat everybody. Now, they ended up beating San Antonio by two, but I, you got you have a chance to be the number one seed. Who knows? Maybe they're the Sacramento Queens, you know, last game of the season for them. They, they rally and they come up big, and maybe they knock off Utah last night. Phoenix played yesterday afternoon. They sat Booker. They they sat, the you know, Chris Paul. They sat the Aton, who was a little injured, but... You know, they sat all their best, the three best players they sat with a chance to be the number one seed. It's just, they got to come up with a way. We're going to give them one pass, one year pass. I mentioned this before. But they have to come up with, if this happens again next year, where these teams just don't care about seedings to the point where they're willing to sit their best players even though they control their own destiny and move into a better spot. I mean, what better spot is number one, right? Phoenix wins yesterday. Utah loses. They're the number one team. You'd think the, the Suns would play for real, but they didn't. So if this happens again next year, they have to change the rules. I've been a long proponent. The higher seed needs to win less games in the first round. Second, third, fourth round, no. First round, you make sure that that higher seed gets a bonafide benefit outside of just home court advantage, which, again, if it turns out that this, these guys just don't care, then we got to up the ante. we got to push the envelope. All right, so the home team in the first round only has to win three games. The opposing team has to win four. I, I, I think that's the perfect solution. Now, you're, you're going to get one less game, which is, you know, oh, my God, counterproductive. God forbid, you know, you don't fulfill your TV contracts and you lose out on some TV revenue money. So I know automatically they're going to say, no, can't do that. We want as many games as possible. But that, to me, is the only real answer. Give a team, you know, you tell the Phoenix Suns, hey, you know what? You get a first-round matchup. You only have to win three games. The opposing team has to win four um, you know, that might be the incentive they need to take this thing seriously. Now, it doesn't matter if they were one or two. Maybe you throw another little bone. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, the number one seed, you only have to win two out of the out of, out of, out of series. Uh, and, and the road team has to win uh, four. I, I don't know. You, you got to come up with some incentive where these teams take these games seriously because it's it's idiotic that we have, you know, Indiana versus Toronto taking it seriously, but we don't, you know, the uh, Phoenix Suns and, and uh, you know, L.A. Clippers. It, it's it's ridiculous. Lines are out for these games. Playing games are tomorrow. 
In the East, you got Indiana, three-and-a-half-point favorite over Charlotte, over-under 229. Interesting. Celtics, only a point-and-a-half favorite over the Wizards tomorrow night. An Indiana game starts at 645 Eastern time, which is kind of strange. Um, not sure why they would start that early, except I guess they just don't want to start too, too late. Boston being another, uh, um, you know, East Coast team, uh, you know, four East Coast teams there. So I guess they, you know, figured 930, close to 10, game goes to overtime. Although it doesn't really matter with overtime, right? But, um, yeah, so it's a 645 Charlotte, Indiana. Celtics, one and a half only at home against the Washington Wizards and uh, Russell Westbrook. We had another triple-double yesterday. Well, they're begging to take the Celtics, aren't they? Over under 233. I'll run down all the other lines and matchups. Opposite picks on this Monday morning Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vermont Waters gets it back. Seven to shoot. He sizes up Obi Toppin, tries a three, and knocks it down. Parker, the backdoor cut. Carson Edwards. Again, the Celtics will try and get it down to single digits. Waters a step back three. He connects again. The drought continues for the Knicks, coming up on four and a half minutes without a point. Lankford tries again, reverses it home, and we've got a one-possession game. Randall this time goes to the bucket and scores. Floats one to the corner. Bullock a shot fake, steps in for two. Got it. Parker for three. That's off the front rim. Kudos to the Celtics. A furious charge to make this a game. But the Knicks survive, and they have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. We are the New York Knicks. 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 Yeah, and they went all right. Uh, listen, they did win. Uh, yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in on this uh, Monday morning, 26 past the hour, Dick's Radio Network with the call there, getting the job done last night, or yesterday afternoon, actually, against the Celtics, which, uh, you know, was a who's who of nobody's playing yesterday for the Celtics. And the Knicks still struggled down the stretch. They were leading by double digits most of the way, but the, uh, the Celtics actually made it a one-possession game late. Knicks hold on. They get the victory, but, boy, uh, you, you talk about what could have been an embarrassing loss. No Kemba Walker, no Jason Tatum, no uh, you name, no no uh, Eric Fournier, nobody. I mean, just absolutely. I wrote them all down, but they were all sat, all sitting hurt or you know tanking, whatever you want to say, preparing for the postseason. I get it, and the Knicks still struggle, but they did win, knowing that had they won, you know, they locked up the number four seed, which is what they did. So they get home court advantage in the first round against the Atlanta Hawks, who they beat all three meetings this year. So that's pretty good for the Knicks team. Uh, I think this New York team could get to the second round. You know, I don't know if they could. Although I don't think anyone's going to be outmatched against Philadelphia. Yeah, to me, even Milwaukee, the team that nobody wants to face, obviously, is Brooklyn, but. You know, Knicks get by the Hawks without jumping the gun here a little bit, and they have to face Philadelphia in the next round. Eh, you know, I'll tell you, that's that's not an insurmountable task. It, it really isn't. Outside of the Nets, 
Um, you know, and even the Nets, I, I must say, you're looking at, you know, maybe the Boston Celtics. You know, if you buy into the Celtics, I don't anymore. But if you buy into the Celtics, you know, and they're big guns, you know, do they have the potential to go toe-to-toe with the Nets? I suppose. But, um, you know, that would be a scary proposition maybe for the Nets or Russell Westbrook. Uh, you know, if the Wizards win that 7-8 matchup. You know, you know who wants to face Westbrook seven times, right? I mean, he figures to implode, but still, it's not like uh, you know they have an easy road. You know, they would have been much, much. You know, the Indiana Charlotte winner, survivor, if you will, uh, if it turns out to be one of those two teams, would be a much easier matchup. But uh, I think in the end, you're probably going to get Boston and Washington to to come out of there. Maybe the Celtics win the seven eight matchup, and then the Wizards win the win the next one. But uh, you got Indiana first up, you know, laying three and a half against Charlotte. Winner there, then faces the loser of Washington, Boston tomorrow night. Again, over under 233. Boy, anyone thinking defense was going to be played in the NBA postseason versus the regular season, forget about it. At least not with the uh, the numbers of uh, FanDuel's putting up there. So the Celtics, though, like a point and a half favorite. Are they going to lose at home to Washington? i tell you, whether they win or not, another story. But I'm willing to bet you, pardon the pun, that that line goes up. You want the Celtics? I'd grab them at a point and a half right now. Um, right or wrong, I bet that line goes up to about three. Uh, I, I don't think that'll stay at one and a half. Indiana, three and a half at, at home against Charlotte. Um, I could see that line ticking up a little bit to maybe four as well. Although I actually like the Hornets in the series. And then Wednesday, you got the Grizz laying three and a half against the Spurs. Not bad. Although, I, I, you know what? I like Memphis a lot in that series. Although, I did think they were going to win last night at San Antonio team, albeit playing for nothing. But they played their guys yesterday while the Suns did not, and the Suns still won. That shows you a little something about San Antonio. They stink. And then you have the Lakers. Uh, uh, they, they wrote the Clippers by mistake here on FanDuel, but it's uh, the L.A. Lakers, obviously. Lakers, six and a half over the Warriors. So, you know, here's a test to see if FanDuel really is listening. And I don't doubt it. No, that's cool. There are guys. You, you wrote L.A. Clippers, not L.A. War, uh, Lakers. Should be L.A. Lakers. Let's see if it changes by the end of the show. Little test. So, Clippers laying, uh, Lakers laying six and a half. Now, I wonder if you put the Clippers in. Would they automatically switch it over to the Lakers? They probably not. They probably have to put no bet, right? So, Lakers, uh, six and a half against the Warriors. Wow. Um, in Los Angeles. Lots going to be made of that game, but, you know, it's not do or die. If it was the second game or if it was the 9-10 game, do or die, then it really would be something. But, uh, no. Knicks laying only a point and a half at home against the Hawks. In uh, game number one of their 4-5 series, uh, the playoffs actually start Saturday night. Yet, um, but this is a quirky one. If this is right, then, and they made a mistake with the Clippers, so maybe the time is wrong. But the Knicks and Hawks are going to be played at 7 o'clock Saturday night, and the Bucks Heat are going to be played Saturday night at 7 o'clock, it says. Is that true? They're going to have two NBA playoff games going on at the same time? Wow. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but believe you me, in the, in the network world television, that is actually pretty big. I, I wonder why they would do that. Why wouldn't they put a game on Saturday afternoon? And then they got two at 10 o'clock as well, Dallas and the Clippers and Portland and Denver. 
So they have two sets of playoff games going on? I can't be. That can't be. The NBA, knowing the NBA, they would stagger those things. Maybe the, the time is just not set. But I can't believe they would have no games Saturday afternoon, then two at 7 o'clock and then two at 10 o'clock. Uh, I, I bet they just haven't really set the time on those. That That's what I'm guessing. So, anyway, uh, point spread-wise, which is obviously our biggest concern, you have uh, Clippers laying six and a half against the Mavs. Boy, Dallas lost. Here's another team yesterday. Boy, you think you could beat the boys in Vegas, huh? You know, Dallas playing for a better seating, and albeit on the road, they go in to <clears throat> Minnesota. And lose 136-121. Dallas is one of those teams. Somehow or another, they're 12 games over 500 at 42 and 30. Every time I look up, they're losing. Luka with 18. Porzingis had 18. Hardaway played. Smith played. I mean, all their big boys all played. They're playing a Minnesota team that's playing for nothing, right? End of the season. And uh, albeit playing a little bit better. And Dallas, with the victory... You know, or needed a win anyway to ensure getting the, the number five spot. They could have, you know, if things fell the right way, could have fallen, but they did not. You know, as it turned out, everything worked out to their way. But, I mean, they didn't help their own cause. They, they needed that game to make sure they would get the number five spot, in which they ended up doing. And um, and they lose to Minnesota. Good, great. Yeah, you, there's, I have no faith in that team whatsoever. No, you, you just, you know, it's amazing. The Knicks finished 10, and Knicks and Hawks. Both finished 10 games over 500, and we're all talking about, wow, what great years they had, right? The Mavericks finished 12 games over 500, and I view them as a disappointment. Jailblazers, 12 games over 500. I view them as a, as a great season or a nice season for them. Dallas at 12 games over 500, I, I, 42 and 30. I, I don't understand. Every time I turn around, they're losing a game, a bad game. They, they no doubt have more bad losses out of any playoff team uh, this year, they have to. Denver laying two at home against Portland. That's a lot of love for the Jailblazers. That's a, I mean, I know they're playing well, but so is Denver, despite their injuries. You check out Michael Porter Jr. Bucks laying six against Miami. You want an upset first round early on? There it is. I think my he. I, I think Miami is a very dangerous team. Uh, they're playing their best ball of the year right now. Perfect timing, obviously. Could they knock off Milwaukee? Yeah, all the pressure on Milwaukee. Budenholzer talking about him getting fired if they don't win it all, this and that. Oh, yeah. I could, as long as Butler's healthy, he sat out the last couple of games. Um, but I could, that, that out of all the first round matchups in the East, anyway, that's the worst one. The, the Bucks got the short end of the stick, finishing number three. Um, I, I'd much rather face Boston or Washington or, uh, God forbid, uh, you know, Indiana or Charlotte as the number two seed for the, the Nets um, than I would uh, that Miami Heat team. Who wants to face them? That is, you know, after going to the NBA Finals last year. Yeah, not uh, not good at all. As far as uh, your odds are concerned, nothing really changed from this uh, weekend. Nothing crazy. Nets are still plus 210. Lakers are still 5-1. to one. Despite having to deal with a play-in game, and theoretically, you know, could be out after two games. I could see them losing to Golden State. I don't see them losing to San Antonio. But, you know, theoretically could be out. They're still the second choice of FanDuel. Clippers at 6-1 to one, the third choice. Jazz 6-1. to one, Bucks 8. Philadelphia 8. Phoenix is 24-1. to one. 
That's you know that's because because that's because they know that the Suns are going to have to go through the Lakers more than likely the first round. Lakers more than likely beat the Warriors. Isn't it funny? I'm telling you, boy, you, you just wonder sometimes. We brought this up last week and a week and a half ago. Why the Phoenix Suns were so much higher than everybody else when it came to these NBA championship odds. And as it turned out, they do face the Lakers in the first round. How did FanDuel know that when there were five, six, seven, eight games left in the regular season? Isn't it funny how that all makes sense now? Amazing. Office of Pick, Sportsman Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. When Derry thought about the three, now he'll spot up. Hits the strikes. Derry Weatherspoon makes it a one-point game. Langston Galloway not this time. Spurs can take the lead. Jones. Kidabates down. Spurs by one. Timeouts. Oh, Coming up with the steal. Smith eats one more for three. Silences the crowd momentarily. Oh. Kidabates oh, down. Puts back the rebound. Spurs by one. More. Defended by Jones. Eats one more for three. Got it. With 2.2 to play. Oh, yeah, they tried it. The sale. And the Suns are a winner. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, Spurs there, uh, Radio Network with the call. So the backup, the B-team Suns beat the A-team San Antonio Spurs. That's all you need to know. It's a, it's a rarity in that you have the Eastern Conference, which might not be better, but it's going to be more competitive. You know, that that's uh, outside of, um, you know, I, I don't even think anyone takes Utah or Phoenix seriously. You know, I, I run a pool in the podcast, and uh, I, I – put teams together and you got to pick one out of each group. And I put, you know, here's what I put for the first group, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Lakers, Clippers. I hate to say it, but that, that's, uh, you know, and I, I've been a big, uh, you know, supporter, if you will, of Utah with Donovan Mitchell and that fell apart late because he got hurt. So he missed like the last 15 games or so. So that ruined our MVP chances on him. I've uh, been a big believer in the Phoenix Suns. We grabbed them at 16 to one. Oh, by the way, how'd that ticket go? Cha-ching, cha-ching as they win the division. But ultimately, when everything is said and done, it's uh, Philadelphia and Brooklyn Lakers and Clippers, even though the Clippers finish fourth and the Lakers finish seventh. Uh, but ultimately, we think those are the four best teams, right? So if you had to grab one out of those four, who would you be taking? That might be our poll question for tomorrow. Um, I, I'd probably still go. I, I think ultimately the Nets are going to win. Uh, goofy Kyrie or not, um, you know, injuries or not, I've I, I got to see someone beat that team seven, uh, four out of seven times. You know, it's like the old LeBron theory when he was with Cleveland uh, and to a lesser extent Miami. Um, 
Let, let me see a team beat beat LeBron, you know, in last year with the Lakers. Uh, let me see a team beat that club four times. Once, meh, twice, yeah, maybe. Three times even, perhaps. Four times, uh, I don't think so. Not happening. I, You know, unless, you know, again, Kyrie goes AWOL or someone gets hurt, but uh, I'm not going to predict that. Most overrated team slash most likely to lose first in the NBA playoffs, our poll question today. I put the Clippers up there, I put the Bucks up there, I put the Jazz up there, and I put the proverbial other up there. Uh, pretty close vote, just posted a little while ago. Um, so you got 22 votes early on here. So go to your opposite picks feed. Right now, uh, the Jazz and Clippers, uh, check that. A Jazz and Bucks getting 27% uh, leading the way. Clippers 26%, and um, now they're all tied. How about that? 26.1%. Uh, change, change. So go to your opposite picks feed, get your vote in. We'll update that a couple times before uh, we are through. How about that 16 to 1 ticket, folks? You know, if you happen to go to the website, hit that merchandise button. Uh, I understand, you know, 16 to 1, we gave you the Phoenix Suns a couple of months ago. Where do they sit? Uh, let's just see how things turned out, shall we? Uh, Philadelphia wins the Atlantic. Okay. Milwaukee wins the Central. Okay. Atlanta ends up winning the Southeast. You probably could have gotten decent odds on the Hawks at the beginning of the year, figuring Miami was going to win. You got the Jazz winning the Northwest. You got the Phoenix Suns winning the Pacific. How about that? And then Dallas in the Southwest. Do you even know the divisions anymore? I mean, really, you, you got to like double check, right? Because they're so meaningless. It's all based on conference records now. So the Phoenix Suns win the Pacific Division over the Clippers and Lakers and Warriors and Queens as uh, they win it by four games and you get the cash in that 16 to 1 ticket. How about that? Now, our buddy who is challenging, has taken the challenge, uh, John Kay, who thought he could and, and thinks he can still win more money. He's got the Memphis Grizzlies and the Charlotte Hornets uh, winning the championship at 300 to 1. He told us that he could win more money than uh, we've won with the Phoenix Suns uh, to win the Pacific at 16 to 1. So he bet 150 each on Memphis and Charlotte. So if you bet 150 on Phoenix, that means you should won $2,400, 2400 So his goal is to win more than 2400 Says he's a uh, Charlotte and Memphis guy. Uh, you're right, look really terrible. Now I know why they were both 300 to 1. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to hedge 1500 on both the Spurs and Pacers. I, I guess that's what he meant. So he's hedging, he's going the other way. The only issue with that is they're both, well, yeah, they're, they're both going up uh, favorites. Um, Charlotte is a, let's go back to the lines here. Well, they are three and a half point underdog. So if he's hedging on Indiana, he didn't specify, but I can only assume he is hedging on the money line, which is minus 158 right now. So I'll update it tomorrow just to give him a better chance. But I'm assuming it's fifteen hundred, so he's risking like twenty three hundred to win fifteen hundred. Now Memphis is a minus one sixty favorite, but he's hedging. He so he's going to take the Spurs, I imagine, for fifteen hundred at plus one thirty six, and we'll see how that goes. Either way, let me take out my handy dandy calculator. Uh, so 1,500 times 136 
2000 he'd win 2040 bucks minus though the 1500 he'd be losing on Indiana so if he splits he's breaking even he'd have one still alive but if he splits his bets yesterday he's breaking even or tomorrow um if he wins both he would win money but um would he win more than this, the 2400 yeah if if he did win both he'd win more than the 2400 so but Chances are he won't win both. But there you go. Okay, John. So we got you down. But most importantly, 16 to 1, cha-ching, cha-ching. How about that? Uh, how about that? So um, we got the pairing set. All right, let's go to a little baseball action from uh, from last night and yesterday afternoon. Uh, concentrate. Oh, yeah, we'll we do hockey. Um, I tell you, I kicked myself, and I mentioned this on the, on the Sports Grid show. Every year, for the most part, I like playing these overtime games. There's a prop bet on FanDuel if you bet a team to go to overtime, and it's generally about 3-1, to one, no matter what the game is. A little higher if it's a bigger favorite like Vegas was over Minnesota, you know. but generally speaking, 3-1. to one. And Bruins, uh, Capitals, Friday night, overtime. Pittsburgh Islanders, Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, overtime. Uh, Saturday night, that Bruins game was. Uh, Vegas, Minnesota, yesterday afternoon, overtime. Last night, Tampa Bay, Florida, not overtime, but they came within a minute of going to overtime. Uh, but Tampa Bay scored in the final minute. They went at uh, five to four. So you had three of the first four games go to overtime, and in the fourth one, just miss. It, you know, you kick yourself. When, you know, you didn't do it and it's like, then it snowballs and you don't do it the next time. And then you don't do it the next time. And then all of a sudden it's three and one, you would have won 800 bucks, basically a hundred dollar bet. You know, you win three, 900, you lose the one minus hundred. You would have won $800 if you just played that bet. And I'm telling you that comes in first round, especially uh, strangely enough, even though the better teams, you know, are, are following through in the postseason and then seemingly should be evenly matched a little bit more. But as the postseason continues, you get less overtimes. I don't know why. It doesn't really make much sense. You have more seemingly mismatches in the first round, but um, you know maybe teams get worn down. I don't know. But in the first round, boy, I, I, I maybe uh, today I'll do that. Um, like I said, I got to go do my taxes. But I'll, I'll just double check over the last three, four, five years how many overtime games we've had in the first round. And I'm telling you, it's like every other game. It really is. It's amazing how close these games are. So we've had three out of four so far. And uh, the one that didn't, we didn't get by by a minute last night. And I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not too thrilled. You know, last night's game, I was watching it, and the announcers, Brian Boucher, former NHL player, you know, they were talking about how great the game was. I, it, it, to me, it was a bore. Um, listen, it's a good rivalry. Florida, Tampa Bay, they hate each other. You know, Battle of Florida, cool, whatever. But at, they had 50 zillion scrums last night. Uh, and by the way, Calgary beat Vancouver 6-5 in overtime. Well, where are you going to get that score? Meaningless game, uh, except here. So they had every, literally almost every stoppage, and no exaggeration, they had scrums. There weren't too many dirty hits. It was even. They didn't call that many penalties, and the guys on TV were going, "Guy, oh, this is great, this is great. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, listen, if you're going to fight, fight. I don't care about that. I'd rather see a fight than in hockey than I would an MMA. I, I really would. Drop your gloves, go ahead, old school, do it. But if you're going to do it, do it. 
all these scrums where they're just pushing each other around and putting their gloves in the other guy's faces and they're afraid to drop the, the gloves and really fight. It's just, after a while, it was just too much. It was just like, come on, guys. You know what? And, and they were praising the referees for doing a good job. I, I think just the opposite. I thought they did a lousy job. But they let this continue the whole freaking game. And even Boucher kind of said, you know, if they would have called some penalties early on, this probably would have stopped by now. But they didn't know anybody's okay with it. Like, no, you said it right. Don't, don't hedge on that. You're right. If they would call the penalties in the first period, let it get them out of the system, you know, have a few. Then you start calling some penalties on these things, and it'll stop. And they didn't, and it just went the entire game. It was an eternity to get that game in. Started at 7 o'clock, 7.30, and it didn't go until close to 11. It was just, for a regulation game, ugh, uh, it, 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 that's a bore to me. That, that really is. Minnesota, you know, if you're holding on to a Minnesota Wild ticket, like we told you, you know, a month or so ago, I said that was the Cinderella team. You know, they could be the St. Louis Blues from a couple of years ago. Nice win at Vegas. Now, I thought Vegas would win yesterday, but ultimately I do think Minnesota is a live underdog, just like I think St. Louis against Colorado is a live underdog. I would be grabbing them as well. Underdogs dominating. Underdog Capitals win. Underdog Islanders win. Underdog Wild win. And uh, Tampa Bay did win as, as a slight favorite. Uh, but, you know, maybe you can make the case since Florida finished ahead of them in the standings and had a home ice that they should have been the favorites. But uh, Tampa Bay got a bunch of their injured players back yesterday and it showed. So 5-4 they win. Good game as far as competitive back and forth, scoring. Goalies, you know, actually did a halfway decent job. But the typical Sergei Bobrovsky never won a big game in his life. He gives up a bad goal uh, on a breakaway, no less. Right between, I don't get that. You know, he's... You got a breakaway. I'll never understand the, these goalies who give up goals uh, in the five hole in between their legs. I mean, you have a stick, right? I mean, unless you're batting the stick, you know, using that as a baseball bat, shouldn't the stick be on the ice on the ground? I mean, just right between his legs where, to me, the stick should always, always be. Easy goal, and Tampa Bay scores late, and they win it 5-4. to four. But uh, typical NHL playoffs, three out of the first four games, won by the underdog. So uh, a lot of, uh, you know, close games. Should have more later on tonight. Continue to play that prop. You got game two, Bruins and Capitals. So you got the Bruins and Capitals playing game two before uh, two series we played game one. Although those series will be tonight as well. Nashville and Carolina and then Colorado and St. Louis. I did that Nashville. Uh, uh, that's the biggest one-sided matchup I think there is. I think Carolina cruises in that series. All right, opposite picks. We'll close out our number one next right here on Sports Grid Radio, Series 6, 7, 12, 4. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, closing out hour number one. Isn't it amazing? <clears throat> Here's Chewy Scott Wetzel sitting and taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. We see this all the time in, in the regular season, but it's even wider in the postseason. Colorado Avalanche tonight are minus 3-1, to one, which is way out of line. They should not be that big a favorite. We'll get to that in our opposite picks. But if you're willing to lay the goal and a half, that minus 3-1 to one goes to pick them. Pick them. 300-point swing. Carolina's minus 190 
If you're willing to lay the goal and a half, they get into a plus 146, a 336-point swing. That's what that equates to, from minus 190 to plus 146. 300-point swing again. Capitals go from plus 114 to win if you take the goal and a half to minus 260. That's a 400-point swing. What does that tell you? They they they're begging you uh, to you know lay the goal and a half because um, these are all one goal games. Just all you know. I did this one year and it worked out, and then the next year forget about it. But I parlayed all the plus one and a half goal games, and again you'd be amazed how many of these things are are one goal games. Even with you know the empty net possibility, but between the games going to overtime and then just being one goal games and whatever. Uh, it's amazing how, especially again, the first round, they, there are one goal games. So as tempting as it would be to, you know, Colorado or even Carolina, which I do like, you know, I think they're much better than Nashville. I mean, the, the monster swings from winning in regulation, uh, or one goal, whether it's uh, the underdog or the favorite versus taking one and a half or laying one and a half. It, it's literally a three to 350 point swing with the lines. Remarkable. It, it really is. So uh, good luck with those if you want to do that. All right, opposite picks next hour. We got the, we're running down some of the baseball stuff, more NBA, more hockey as well, some football notes, a little golf, all coming up, opposite picks. We'll be right back.